You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle Michon, I'm Nacho Black from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family. A story that happened to me in the operating room. Um, I'm already working there as a surgical yeah. tech. Okay. I'm already there, have already learned how to navigate in the dominant European culture. I've already realized that I got people see me as me, Sean. They don't see me as black. So here we got, we get some new people coming in and they identify themselves as black. Okay. They come in. All right. And all of a sudden, because they feel uh-huh. uncomfortable because the environment is such a dominant European environment, the first thing they want to do is come to me and talk about, oh, these white people, I feel a certain way. Oh, they don't like me. Oh, I, I just this. Uh, and the first thing I had to say, listen up, please, don't bring me your baggage, okay? You, yeah. you, you bringing me your invent. Oh, what do you mean? I said, because, see, maybe there are and maybe it isn't. But right. who are you? What are you going to bring to the table? And the first thing I asked them to do, are you good at what you do? Right. If, if you're not good at what you do, you're going to get bust out here in the operating room. And they ain't ra- that ain't a race thing. You just ain't good at what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nobody, no. it's, not about, it's not about no one like you because you're black. If you don't know how to handle your yeah. business and do is, what is, is required, but is job that, that they done hired you to I, do. Now, completely. see, here's the difference is is they don't like me because I don't drive it a sports a car. They don't like me because a, I look lower class or I look like white trash. It's always something. It's, But that's the cop-out for the white guy. Now, I'd say to anyone, now, if yeah. I'm good at what I do and you still got issues with me, then we're going to talk about that Every moving day. forward. Exactly. Does that make sense? Now, if oh, I'm lazy, if I'm coming yeah. in late, if I'm a problem, then address that issue. I you know, think all a lot that? of people have, and it doesn't matter what race you are, everybody, right. especially nowadays because of the poly culture that we live in, everybody has an inferiority complex. <laughs> it's like when you see people posting on Instagram about their vacation or a concert right. they're at, if you have time to take a picture while yeah. you're having fun, there's something wrong, but <laughs> we need to be validated constantly. Yes. Look, I'm, I'm at this fun thing. Tell me I'm having right. fun. Tell me this is a great thing that Please I'm doing. Please see me. Oh, look at what I'm exactly. doing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, who, who will you validate me? Oh, oh. Exactly. Are you and having fun? Missing... Are you just there to get validated? I mean, what, exactly. what is the, and I what are you the... doing? The sad thing is a lot of people just want to be validated. And again, you're basing your personality off validate me for what I'm doing. You have no, people don't have a personality anymore. Each and every one of us need to be proud of loving our individual selves. And that's what my book helped me to accomplish. My book, I'm Not So Black America. It was therapy for me, Sean. I didn't have the feelings that I owed That's anybody awesome. to be anything wow. to anyone anymore. I felt like I was able to just be me, man. I'm loving me. I love me, Sean. I love the me, Sean, that I have become since I've written this book, man. I love I dropped it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 
I and actually that is so I, first of all, I love the name of your book. Those are because all things I think the book and I left the thing, it there. The thing that, that holds no, people wow. back in there. is the thing that you're attacking people with. I think people should look back on their <laughs> lives and I think they should write about I, it and all the care. stuff that really and that's a question for you. All the stuff that you were writing and that brought up did these things in your book bring up hard feelings and then you really looked at yourself and you're like that's what i gotta let go i was actually talking to wow. some other authors she said everybody got a book in them it's to just let it go baby let it rip <laughs> okay just put it in there you know that let me just say something to you all the reason why i needed to have to do the show with you all because it's your demographics and your age group and your gender that I believe will be the game changer in the future. Oh. And so the, when I came on your show and I saw how open y'all were, you y'all fed right into what I want. <laughs> Even Eric, your demographics that can pass as white. Exactly. Okay, your demographics of people who can pass as white, who don't necessarily want to pass as white. Get it up in there. Right. I never harp on my race unless I was filling out applications for college. And oh, I would have gotten a giant magic marker, gypsy. Like just in case I, to get all my bases covered. I had people telling me, Misha, you ain't black. Oh. And then when I went to, when I went in the dominant European coach, Misha, you ain't black. Well, what do you mean? Look at me. And I realized black had nothing to do with my color of my skin and everything. And then to you, Larry, right. I realized that those people who was identifying themselves as white. And here's a real thing I found out too, Larry. I found out that those who identify themselves oh. as white is a shame of the previous people who were born before 1960 who've done all the horrific things under the title yeah. of white. Larry, have you talked to people about that? I've had people that i met working in my environment that they said, I don't, right. I am ashamed right. of and why I think the culture now, they all kind of make sense. That's that why they want to erase under the name and title because of Larry, they don't want to look back at history. And I think you learn from history rather than if you don't know any history, then you're really bound to repeat history in a bad way. And, and I know it's actually really unfortunate you do learn from that because of the culture today that there really are exactly white people that are ashamed of themselves and of the the past that they've got nothing that they had nothing to do with and they and yeah exactly and they feel like they're carrying the burden of something that they don't want to be yeah. carrying and they, what they don't well. really understand is that we got to talk about it you can't sweep it under the rug let's talk about it let's get it out on the table and remember you had asked mm. me and you just you just covered that you had asked me sean is it how do you feel? Is it true about, is it as bad as we really think it is? And yeah. I told you 
brother, is actually worse than you realize. Because I said that culturally, if we have a demographic of people who are ashamed of themselves. We don't even like using the N-word seems so good to us, so that's the thing we do. To, and we're going to turn something as nasty, as disgusting as that, and try to turn it into something good to feel better about ourselves, <laughs> when in all actuality, you just need to reject it, okay? Just need to reject it. But just like you just said, I have met those who identify themselves as white, who are ashamed of the things that those who came before 1960 have mm. done. And yeah. as well as that, I have met people who look like me who are just as ashamed of themselves, okay, and as black. Yeah, because as people, everybody loves to play the victim. And I think mm. that a lot of the, like you were saying, the people <laughs> who identify as white who feel ashamed probably don't, but it's the hip thing now to be ashamed mm. that you're white. Eric, you're just being hard. You just don't know. Nah, nah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of white people who, they don't really care about that stuff, but they see all their multicultural friends, and this is usually people on the left, and I don't like mm. calling things about that out, but we all pretty oh, much think the same way here. I saw that. Yes. So, and you mm -hmm. see a lot of those people on the left who won the men, there was this interesting thing how liberal women are attracted to conservative men and will do chivalrous things, open a door wow, for them, things like serious? that. But yeah, because the liberal men act more like women, but you see this small pocket of white people who are constantly ashamed of being white for stuff they didn't do because it's the cool thing. Because they'll hear some people go on CNN or other networks and just blast right. white people who had nothing to do with something. It's Here's the thing. Yeah. The Germany. Yeah. I just said the word Germany. None of you thought about really awesome cars, really good food. Everybody thought the same thing. Hitler. And mm. the German people are so now removed from that. And they've done a thing of whole yeah. yeah. not... Yeah. Can, trying their hardest to disassociate themselves from that, but it's still the main thing people think of when you hear Germany. I don't know if y'all realize. Do you know the dominant majority is not white anymore? Oh yeah. You okay? I tell you what. Actually, yeah. give you. I'm a chip. This is a conversation. This is a very wow. good conversation. Y'all might you want to research. The number one dominant majority right now, based on economics, family, and everything, is the Asian community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Asians are the number one, okay? Wow. Asian, but they don't want to identify. Do you know Asians and secretly seek to be identified as white just so they can pass? Because most mm -hmm. Asians, no. do you, have you ever heard of Asian running for president? No. Now I do. Have you ever heard Asians <laughs> yeah. run, trying to run around here talking about political parties or what no. party they belong to? Have you ever heard? Don't you find that interesting? But here they are, is the number one. <laughs> here they are. So what they've been doing is, Eric, what you said, they have just gone on, been carrying on doing their business. Yeah. They've been handling it. And marriage and family is the key thing. And guess what? Education That's and what being financial, home ownership. And that is what made them. They yeah. have, remember we were talking about what's the American dream? 
And the next one, okay, is anyone what we call the European, anyone who can be white, who identified himself as white, or who can pass right, as white. Right. That's the Jews, right, Polish, right. Australia, those all those people that come over here. They don't necessarily want to be known as white, but they will walk in it, okay, if they can get in the past, right? And then the oh, third yeah. is Latino Americans, um, American yeah. Latinos. Anyone look what's going on right now in Miami and all the Latinos yeah. and all the and why oh, yeah. is the the liberal party trying to get all these right. Latinos or anyone that can pass as white on their side? They doing that so they can beef mm -hmm. up their oh, yeah. political party. Yeah. Do y'all do you understand that? Oh, yeah. so, that don't have That's nothing to do plan. with color. That has to do with positioning yourself to be the dominant majority. Do that make sense? Oh, completely. And you got to look at it. It is a good plan. The way oh. you do things, it is good. And you know what you mentioned when it came to the our Asians and Hispanic people, you made a great point of how important they place their family values. Yes. Are so, mm. so important and the children yes. are so yes. respectful it's like the, wow. the skateboarder and tagger in japan even if they're like let's go something more like the yeah a skateboarder nowadays skateboarding is an olympic sport when i was doing it the cops would stop you just for carrying a skateboard but now that's <laughs> something that parents will build upon it's cool now it is even for right. parents to accept but in more of an Asian culture, it's still looked down upon as, wow, you're not right. honoring your family. You're doing this. And it's right. just interesting right. how they've kept, they haven't completely abandoned their culture when they come to America. But That's they exactly accept right. It, but they exactly. don't go against their core values, which is family <laughs> values. Things When the Africans come over here. Do you realize that they do not want to be associated with the American descendants of slaves or those who identified themselves as black? Did y'all know that? No. No. They, <laughs> it's like no. taboo. Okay, Did you just see my for face? Them to I was associate like, what? with American blacks. You know why? They see our culture of people as lazy and not appreciative of being an American. Wow. Did y'all not know that? Wow. <laughs> wow. They, you didn't know that. No, Come on, no, don't tell me y'all no, did not. I you really never did not. That. No. And uh, the only time we want to talk about but that culture leads back is to something you what, just Black said. History Month, and we your culture black people history. don't talk about color. Not we don't want to talk about really color. Be it's our people. We from y'all don't only talk about and, color when we show and, up. <laughs> why does it have to be separated history? Because everybody's <laughs> history. That's all our history. Yeah, yeah. But, it should be American but for history, every but right. Right. Here's the part thing. of the regular curriculum. No American history. Nobody right. that I talk regular. to, I we don't know about that. That the Africans don't want to be associated with the American. Life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When I traveled in that environment, going to parties, and I was usually the only one in the room. Sometime there, you know what I heard? I heard nothing about being black or white. They saw me as me. So matter of fact, this story is. This is a real Dr. Nazar. He's a neurosurgeon. He was considered the most biggest butthole oh. to work with. And I actually won his trust, yeah. respect, and confidence to work with him. He wouldn't even do his cases unless I was there. He said, Michonne's not here. No, I, you, no I, if Michonne is not going to be here, I need to reschedule my case. That's 
how valuable I was to him. Over the course of maybe five or six years of working together, I finally went to a party at his house. Got to meet his wife. Wow. I'm in the house, of course. I'm the only one in the room look like me. Okay, yeah, I'm in there. And she walks up to me and say, you're me, Sean. I did not know you were black. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it blew me away because what I went back to Greg. His name is Dr. Nazar, but Greg. I said, Greg. I said, Greg, you sleep with your wife, lay your head down, and you never told your wife that I was black. This was a mo This is what made me love him and appreciate him. Wow. And he was from Canada. You know what he said to me? He said, me, Sean, I never considered right. you as black. Wow. I saw you as me, Sean. He wow. said, dude, I value who you were. So when I spoke of you, I didn't speak of you through your color. I spoke of you through your profession. You are surgical technologist. Wow. Okay. She there are people out there. Are black. they racist? Absolutely. But. Yeah. When yes. I speak to somebody and I don't necessarily, and I, I do know that when people come on our show, we have to be respectful because again, in this Absolutely. culture, people, now they want to be recognized. Now they want to be recognized. When I was growing up, not so much. When I was growing up in my little circle, and of course I did know racists and they they were very out with that, but the people that I know, even today, again, you've got to be careful because people now, for all the talk that people want to be the same, everybody, they don't want to be gender, they don't want to be genderized. They don't want to be colorized. We don't care who you are, what you do, who you do or whatever. That, yeah, and, and as long as we get along. Back in my days, even when well, my father, even if we complained about the mistreatment that was going yeah. on, we didn't have nobody trying to defend us or come out and say, oh, that's not right. And this is, Even when I first started in the operating room, okay, this is all the way 100, I had to navigate in the yeah. dominant European yeah. environment. Nobody gave a flip about me showing being there not being able to uh, speak the language or it was cold <laughs> in the room and culturally yeah. my demographics we don't like the cold <laughs> okay yeah. nobody i couldn't complain and say it's too cold in here can i get it nobody wanted to hear me because i wasn't the dominant majority in the room I, 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 I had to what suck it up <laughs> i had to suck it up and deal with it and over the process of that and everything and but i this is what that would add to that over the process of that, because I became good, I became the Michael Jordan mm. of the operating room. I would tell you, this is another story that actually happened. Because I became, this is after being in the operating room over 20 years. Everybody's like, everybody, matter of fact, I threw a nurse out the room. Wow. Out the room because of the fact that right. she was threatening yeah. my ability to perform my job as a surgical tech. And I had to throw her out the room. Do you realize that yeah, I couldn't have yeah. never been oh, yeah. able to do that if I was not good at what I did? Do you, you understand? I had proven myself to be what? A valuable asset yes. 
and my word carried water. Yeah. I am good at what I do. I said what I said without even thinking about, hey, I was there. I said out my room wow. right now. <laughs> out. Okay. Out my room. Okay. And you know what? I can go one of, one of two ways. You either come on our show and everything is all on limit. Off, everything is off limits. We can talk about anything and everything and we can agree to disagree or with us. We absolutely agree. But you said, and this goes along with the other type of media that they look at you and they go, oh man, this is going to be a live one. He is right. going to go off on <laughs> white people <laughs> and he is just going to be the greatest interview because we got somebody that's going to agree. And most, and I will tell you this, <laughs> that most, I would imagine most white interviewers are going to be, and more that, that lean to the left are going to be like, man, he's going to validate me. Cause I'm going to tell him I'm sorry. And he's going to be awesome with it. And we're going to be cool. And what? Good. Yeah. I don't. If I feel that someone placated to me, oh, listen, look at it. I will bust them out, okay? Because I want authentic and genuine people and everything because I think that's the best way. And I love, that's why I was giving y'all compliments. I felt authentic love and genuine from you fellas. And as we're speaking right now, tell people about Eric. I didn't get your opportunity. Tell people who you are. And then, Larry, tell people who you are and about the show that you're doing. I'll go first because I want I, the story of how the show started is very interesting. Me, I like to say me and Larry didn't grow up together, but we grew old together. We met at a, <laughs> our, our mutual church over 22 years ago. And <laughs> that turned him into wow. I wasn't working in the film industry yet, but Larry was an actor and I was very involved with my youth group. Before I made horror movies, I was going to go into full-time youth ministry. I had won an award, and I wanted, and I called one of our mutual friends, and he was at a barbecue with her, and we just started talking again, and it was just like old times, and I didn't want to <laughs> miss opportunities to talk to him. So I was like, hey, let's do a podcast talking about the film industry. And it really just started mm -hmm. as a forced yeah. conversation. Yeah. No matter what, Actually, we are we're going to talk this it's, week. It's and now it's become a multi We're coming up on our 200th episode. How long? And how long? Five how years. Long you yeah. yeah. And wow. this is, so we started, wow. obviously, and just putting wow. stuff on YouTube and stuff. I remember, man, we talked about, because we had our first talk about oh, horror wow. movies. What are favorite horror movies? Was it around uh, holiday horror movies? Yeah. Yes. It was Christmas, <laughs> and uh, the guy I like to call the third host, he was pretty much a little brother to us, Dylan. <laughs> me and him are big horror guys. Larry is it was, not. It was quite something. So me it and Larry were talking about I our favorite it was, Christmas it, horror you know, movie, when, when and Larry talk talked about, about stuff, his favorite Hallmark Channel really Christmas look movies. Back and go. But this, again, <laughs> lines up with our history and who we are, and, who, and that's what makes us. And obviously, 
like just doing that and then we put it on YouTube and then we put it on another platform and then we found our platform that we're on now that, that got us on like Spotify and iHeartRadio and stuff. But uh, it, yeah. And now we have, yeah, you know, now we have probably um, over 200 episodes. I did a little research on you on, and I uh, was taking a look at all the different people y'all have actually had on your show. I just want to point out, with that first. research, I thought the cop was a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, but Larry, man. you were very modest. out. Um, uh, Eric says something and, that you, know, you are an actor. It's, it's okay, much like you, else, the, you as a film industry. So tell us a little, the first tell me a little bit get, about that, man. What, after that, know, what were you doing? It doesn't become easier, but it comes a little bit easy. But I did my first commercial, I think, in in two thousand and maybe one. I think, and it was, oh yeah, it yeah, it was right, yeah, and it was. For V8 Splash, it was the fresh and re- mm. the fresh and fruity. It was pre nine eleven. I know that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, as an actor, and see, this is the one thing that I really like talking to creative people about because I get it. It's hard. Oh yeah, it's hard being flash. like yeah, an author or musician, especially an actor, because you have to have. Yeah, it's you have to have two jobs, three jobs, and then you're acting on the side, but you're going to... Right. Huh? Focus, too. Uh, I am. <laughs> I'm married. Is- and I have a, a beautiful daughter. Oh, man, 20, almost 25 years, 24 years. Both of y'all married? No, I am very uh, single. Okay. How long you oh, been no. married? How long you been married? That is to be married and to pull off the things you're doing, you ain't got to tell me. I've been married 27 years and everything. And Eric, I'm going to tell you this too. I tell this to all the single guys and everything. Don't ever tap what you can't manage. Oh, I completely believe. Oh, completely. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of this. Since I am a, I became a Christian at 17. I won't be doing any of that till I'm married. Hey, I am so proud of you. Okay. I have another podcast, not a podcast. I have a Facebook page that mm. I did. I've been doing it for 20 years. It's called Single and Unmarried mm. with Children. Oh. And it's under my man up. And the reason why I did it, because yeah. I saw the growing demographics of unwed with children, mm. growing demographics in our society. I'm proud of what you just Thank said. You. Okay. I promote the idea. Okay. Is that listen? Bottom line is, and you talk, and this is coming out of the mouth of a person that was quite promiscuous. Okay, I was, I, I was a ladies' man. I remember a couple of ladies asking me, "Are you, can you have kids?" And after three, four times, I like, "Hell, baby, yeah, sure, I can." I mean, I didn't know I listen. I didn't know I was in stir. I didn't know I was sterile. I remember when I became saved and I became. I asked God. I said, "Whoa." But God, in a mysterious ways, I had this prophesized oh. over me is that I was supposed to have a lot of children. Mm. And I thought cool. that I was meaning that I was going to have a lot of children by, in the physical sense. What I realized, yeah. my brothers, oh, wow. these airways and the things that we do, spiritual children, brothers, mm. 
Eric, that's what you're doing. Young kids and young people that I can get them to change their ways and not participate in sexual behavior before it's time. Do not do engage in things before it's time. Be careful about engaging and not knowing someone and really understanding their intent and what their job. I've actually helped young ladies to understand that there's a difference between a male and a man. A male to someone is food, shelter, sex, and fun. And a man is a person with a game plan, with a plan that will prioritize those things for you. So you see, that's, so again, that's why I find you all guys so special again, Eric. I guess the main thing is love. Love is the most dangerous weapon in the world. As we speak, the movie Oppenheimer is out right now, and it's about the creation Mm. of the atomic bomb. And that is the most deadly thing in the world. But love is even more deadly. The Bible talks about when someone's bad to you and you do something good to them, it's like keeping coals onto their head. Love will defeat any weapon that Mm. there is. Caring and compassion is really the only thing that matters. Your race is not your personality. What should matter is your heart and the contact of your character. And there's really nothing that separates us people. Whether you're black, white, brown, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters really is, it echoes what Eric said, is love. And when we love each other and we look past our differences, And yes, we can agree that we're all different. That's not what we're saying. But what we're really saying is love those differences and get over it. Just like what you did with your book. You got to leave that stuff. You got to be okay. You have to be okay with the things that you did in your past. Because your past made you are this present right now. And the way you look at yourself and each other, that, that is yes. all the difference. So leave it go. Love each other and love yourself. Yes. And it's okay. Everything is okay. And as long as we have love, we're good. <clears throat> Amen, Larry. And as a acronym that's in my book, there's an acronym in my book. L-O-V-E, love overcomes everything. I love that. And that's in my book. Okay, so that's interesting. And that we will go there and say that. So with that being said, this has been another great show. Uh, my two guests, Larry and Eric from something. Before we go, hold up. We got to like, tell people how they can uh, reach we are you. On tell people the, how they so can show is listen to the- your Please podcast, let's do this. So my, my producer will be able to add that on to and, the show. Um, we are tell on people how they can come and hear and even, your uh, show. Plat- the major ones are iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, I- iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on every kind of podcast. Uh, you can follow us on our social media. Something podcast. Mine is Larry Sands yeah. too. Eric Kasloff is Eric Kasloff. Yeah. So, yeah. Just hit us up. And, and if you're a creative person, if you want to come on and talk, even if you want to just come on and talk, we'd, we'd love to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to coming on again, Michonne. This is awesome. We'll have you. Same here. 
You can count it as a date, baby. <laughs> this has been another great show, The Conversation dot family and guess what you are now part of the family because that's what we do here conversation dot family welcome to the family where you've been listening to the podcast the new author uncle me show i'm nacho black from louisville kentucky this conversation the family you're my family a story that happened to me in the op-